Hello and welcome to the Driver Hire podcast. My name's Tony from Driver Hire Croydon and Sutton. Hello, I'm Gary from Driver Hire in Colchester. We represent two of Driver Hire Nationwide's network of over 100 offices and we decided to get together to create a series of regular podcasts for people who want to know more about Driver Hire but principally to provide hints, tips and tricks to help our drivers be the very best that they can be. Hi Gary, how you doing? Very well Tony, I understand you've got to give me an early Christmas present. I, I have, yes. Um, so what, what did you ask Santa for this year Gary? Well I'd like to have got to a nice number of people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> We're teasing each other here. We have some fantastic news to share and I'm, I'm really proud of this. Um, we have hit 1,000 listeners. Oh, woohoo! <laughs> So how's that for a Christmas present? <laughs> ah, it's very good. All this effort and, and time, we didn't know how this would be going. And I'm really pleased it's gone this well and people are listening to us all the time. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I, um, I, I suppose what I really like most is the feedback that we've got from people in some of the posts. Uh, obviously, we post it in a load of different places. Facebook's LinkedIn, yours and mine, and uh, Twitter and such like. And we've got all sorts of different comments in different places. But it's really obvious that that we've added a, a lot of value for a lot of people, but also, you know, shared, shared a bit of fun at the same time. So I'm, I'm really pleased. I couldn't be more pleased. Yeah, it's been well worth the effort. Uh, so changing the subject slightly, have you ever been limbo dancing, Gary? Limbo, Tony. I might have been able to limbo when I was 16, not 16 stone. If you see the size of me lately, I'd never get under anything. Um, so um, limbo dancing we are not doing, but the reason um, I mention it is because it's to do with a network rail campaign, um, and one of their campaign lines is lorries can't limbo. And quite rightly, lorries can't limbo. They cannot squeeze under low bridges that they're too high to go under. So this is a really quite serious subject uh we are talking about bridge strikes now bridge strikes is is um it's the most bizarre thing as far as i'm concerned because surely if you've got a great big truck and you're driving down the road and there's a bridge that's lower than the height of your lorry you'd be thinking well i'm not going to drive under there um because it's going to hurt one way or the other so it seems extraordinary that these things happen at all but looking at the data for the, the last complete year's data, so 2019, there were 1,787 bridge strikes, 328 bridges had multiple strikes. So on average, a bridge strike costs £13,000, and that's uh, a total of £23 million a year that it costs. But who pays that? What will happen is that they'll try um, wherever possible to seek damages back from the operator, the truck operators, insurer. And that's a serious amount of money. Just going from your figures there, Tony, nearly 1,800 is five bridge strikes a day based on 365 days a year. That's a phenomenal amount. Mm. I never realised it was so high. Why have we got a problem? So I've been looking at network rails information, and whilst not all bridges, of course, are railway bridges, it's it's quite interesting, their analysis of how these strikes happen. And the thing that really is not a problem, only 9% of incidents attribute any, any problem to do with the signing of these bridges. So that means that bridges are adequately signposted. But 
the biggest cause of the accident is driver error. And National Rail Research shows that 43% of drivers don't know the height of their lorry, which kind of is extraordinary because there is a specific rules in place in terms of measuring and recording the heights of vehicles. Yeah, I mean, I don't go out driving very often, Tony, as we most probably talked about in the past. But when I do jump in a vehicle, one of the first things I do on the daily walk around check is I put my digi card in and I look for the height marker because I'm not used to that vehicle. And I know I'm going out and most of our work is in the countryside around here. And we do have a lot of low bridges. I'm not in the hotel my vehicle is. Mm. So I'd look for that height marker. And that's a law to have in the vehicle. Well, that's right. I mean, in, in a commercial vehicle, the, the law says that if the height of the vehicle is more than three metres, it has to be marked inside the cab what the height is, but in feet and inches. So that's slightly confusing to start with because there's a bit of a mix-up of the um, in, you know, metric and imperial system. So I think uh, and tr- truck drivers are so used to being able to do things like working in two time zones at the same time because of the way tachygraphs work. So, you know, uh, yeah, this isn't impossible at all to know your vehicle height in, in both. And I would recommend to all drivers that you should know uh, and be able to convert. And it's not that hard. You know, you can just go into Google and convert meters to feet and inches or whatever. And, and I've even got a data table here if anybody wants us to send it out to convert one to the other. But the point is that if your vehicle is over three meters, it must have height markings in um, and it has to be in feet and inches. Although most operators will put that in both feet and inches and uh, metric. And bridges, if they're less than five meters, which is 16 foot six, uh, they need to be marked as well. Uh, so we we both did a bit of research on this and we've discovered that some are in metric, some are imperial, um, some have both. Um, so there's, again, a bit of confusion there, which is why you must know your vehicle height in both feet and inches and metres. Yeah, I went out and done a little research for some photographs for our Facebook pages for when we're talking on a podcast, you can't always imagine what we're thinking. So you'll be able to see some of these pictures we're going to be posting to go along with this podcast. But one of the bridges I went to, which is a very low level one, it's got feet and inches one side. On the other side, it's got feet and inches and metric. And it's just never the same wherever you look. And it's very confusing for a driver. But it is quite clearly everywhere I went, there was always a sign saying how tall that bridge was. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a legal requirement that the operator of the vehicle plans the route um, and you as the driver follow a route that obviously doesn't go under a bridge that's too low for the height of your vehicle. There are a few potential problems in all of this, which you know may, may lead to some of the issues that drivers have. So the, the first of those is arched bridges. So you can have a bridge where the span across the middle of the bridge is you know through a three meter width is of sufficient height but the edges of the bridge will be lower yeah there's quite a few of those floating about so when a lorry comes through they have to come through the middle of the road normally mm. and the road markers are quite clear to show that so sometimes you'll see a lorry stopped at a bridge waiting for you to come through so you can as a lorry driver you can pull back into the middle of the road to go under there safely mm. yeah yeah exactly 
Yeah, so that's that's one particular problem. Of course, if you if you don't get right in the middle, you know, whilst you would have cleared the middle, you might catch the the, the corner against the bridge. Also, you've got vehicles that change height during their day's work. So I'm talking about vehicles that you know, be a flatbed vehicle that's loaded um, and would have would have things on it, and it will be different heights at different times depending on what's on there. A good example might be a car transporter, and it's really important that the driver has a way of measuring that throughout the day so he knows his vehicle height at all times yeah you can have a marker stick that you take out your vehicle and you push up and it does that for you remember to adjust your marker height in the vehicle so you remember there's also apps on your phone that can measure it as well um, and they're not far off being that accurate give a little bit of um lever room so you can get under a bridge safely and not cause any damage mm, yeah absolutely um also some vehicles have got uh, adjustable fifth wheels for height and of course whilst the height of your cab might be known picking up a different trailer that's a different height will change the height of the vehicle overall height of the vehicle um, yeah the trailer might have a height marker written on the trailer but your unit might force that up to be higher than what they measured it in the first place so mm. be careful yeah there's also another problem with the use of sat navs oh a lot of people will use a car sat nav off your phone and they just don't take into consideration the height of your vehicle. So if you take a HGV sat nav and there's quite a few out there, as soon as you get in, you turn it on, you put the length of your vehicle and most importantly, the height of your vehicle. And that will help you plan your route as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, there are there are some potential uh, sort of snags to look out for, but ultimately you don't want to be hitting a bridge in any way, shape or form. Even even a, uh, what you might consider to be a relatively minor impact could cause structural damage to a bridge. And if you think about it, if that is a railway bridge and you've got trains going over, the, the, the potential, if you weaken that bridge and you, know, you could have a derailment of a train, obviously potential loss of life. If it's a road bridge, traffic delays, congestion, you know, it's it's um, it doesn't bear thinking about what could happen. So if you are in a situation where you have hit a bridge, it's absolutely a legal requirement that you stop and you report it there and then because the bridge will need to be inspected for damage. Uh, now, every bridge has got a, uh, a plate on it and tells you who to call for that bridge. So, you know, whilst, of course, we don't want anybody to go and hit a bridge, if, if through, through whatever reason that has happened, e- even if it is completely your own mistake, it's critical because of the risks involved that you do report it uh, straight away. One, one of the things... I want to touch on again, Tony, is going back to the cause. Um, if you look on the driver hire website on the resources bit, there's a good section on bridge strikes. And there's a lovely picture of a bridge at Ely, which is not far from where I live. Um, but also, I went to another bridge similar in Manning Tree. And this is one of the reasons why I think there's so many bridge strikes at these type of places. Because the bridge is so low, there is a road going over the bridge beside it for HGVs. But what happens, they cause a traffic backlog. So people think, I'll just nip under that bridge and I'll get through. And if you look on that driver hire website, you will see some lovely pictures of a van on its side because it can't get through because it's only two and a half metres. And it's not just HGVs, it's vans, like you've said, over three metres. As many vans as HGVs, I would have thought, would have the same issue of hitting all these bridges. Mm. 
So one of the other confusing things about the signs for bridges is the use of triangles for warnings and circles for orders. So way back when, um, 10 podcasts ago, I think, we talked about the the three types of road signs. And yeah, please do go and have a listen to that one. But two of the three types of road signs are the triangles for warnings and the circles for orders. And I have to say there there is an inconsistency around the country as to which signs are used. So the, the logic is that you'd see a triangular warning sign telling you that there's a low bridge ahead. Um, and when you get to the last possible point at which you could turn off and take a different route to avoid that bridge, you should see the order sign telling you do not pass that, that point. But in reality, these are quite often jumbled up. So sometimes on the bridge themselves, you'll see warnings where um, there really should be orders. And sometimes at the last possible moment, you won't see the order sign, you'll see a triangle. Okay, one of the bridges I visited, Tony, as I said before, had Imperial one side, but it had the warning triangle. And on the other side, it had the metric and Imperial, but it had the round sign. So no wonder we get confused. There was no (laughs) consistency going out there. Mm. I mean, the, what the law says on this, in the highway code about the difference is, you know, a circular sign, it says you must not pass. Um, the triangular sign says you should not pass. And, and it's really, I would say, confusing. So so really, uh, as a driver of a, of a high vehicle, I think you've just got to be 100% careful about making sure you're on a route that doesn't go under a low bridge. Yeah, and if you are going under that low bridge, make certain your height marker states you can go under it. Yes, of course, yeah, absolutely. But as you said earlier on, it's not down to inadequate signs, according to Network Rail, it's down to driver error. It's Mm. us, as drivers, not reading that sign correctly. Or indeed knowing the height of the vehicle. Very much so. Okay, so if um, if you want any further information on this, um, the driver hire, as you mentioned earlier, Gary, the driver hire website has got some good good uh, good info on this so driverhire.co.uk forward slash resources forward slash bridge strikes um and that will show the picture that carrie talked about earlier but also some further information about it there also network rail that i've been referring to their campaign is called wise up size up and you'll find that on the network rail website and there's also good information at gov.uk as well that's all good information tony Let's all take it on board and let's reduce that five a day down to zero if we can. Yes, don't be one of the five a day. Yes. Um, oh, can you imagine how embarrassing that is? Phoning up, I've just hit a bridge. But as well as being embarrassing, it's so, so, so dangerous. Yep, I agree 100%. Mm. Okay, well, been great speaking to you again, Gary. Thank you very much indeed. I hope we've helped our listeners learn something today. Yes, absolutely. So if you have enjoyed it, please do rate, review and subscribe. And we look forward to speaking to you next time. Carry on listening. You've been listening to the Driver Hire podcast. And thank you very much. And as goodbye from myself, Gary Richards at the Colchester office. And from me, Tony Gosher from the Croydon and Sutton office. If you'd like to get in touch with us, Along with all the other driver hire offices, you can find us at driverhire.co.uk. Thank you very much for your time. Bye-bye.
Thank you.